Aberdeen Standard Investments, proud sponsors of CityWire Podcasts. Hello and welcome to the CityWire Selector Podcast. I'm the editor, Chris Slowly, and welcome to the, this month's recording, which was taken in the frozen city of Amsterdam alongside our global New Ideas event. Our guest this week is John Mallon, a fund selector at the Italian group Classis Capital, who's worked in a host of fields, including the media, and is now a fund selector at the independent company. John will offer what insights into innovation he has from working outside and inside, the headaches of a true total return fund, and why thematic investing can be more constraining than you actually think. So, as always, any questions, comments, or queries, please let us know, and otherwise, I'll see you at the end. Welcome to the City Wild Podcast. I'm Chris Slowly, the editor. I'm here with John Mallon of Classis Capital. Thank you for joining us at the end of the first day of the Global New Ideas Conference. It's been a busy day. It's been a cold day. We are sat not outside, unlike the last one, just because it's about minus seven at the moment. Um, well, thank you for joining us. And, and part of the reason I wanted to speak to you is somebody who's worked outside of the industry and is now working in the financial industry, and we're looking at innovation and what that actually means because we've heard a lot of different interpretations uh, we, we've heard from one speaker we've got a speaker tomorrow that i know is going to actually challenge what that means. but what does innovation mean in terms of asset management at the moment what does it mean when somebody says that to you well for me first off i would have to say that the asset management industry is quite a mature industry so the innovation in the main is incremental that i would say and i'm quite i would like to say that i'm not I'm not cynical, but I'm quite skeptical when it comes to certain innovation because some innovation is commercially driven and it's maybe more about storytelling than actually generating extra alpha or finding a new, uh, a new investment idea. So it's, uh, it's, it's challenging in that respect to kind of filter out what you think is truly innovative and what is just another story. Well, that's it. I mean, that chimes massively with what um, one of the speakers, Mark Stevenson, has said that innovation gets lost a bit in what we're doing when people think it means a new brochure with suddenly has an ESG section in it and has a new logo that they've paid some um, Soho-based company £10,000 to make rather than actually innovating in a way of generating new funds or new returns for fund buyers such as yourself that you may not have encountered before and actually challenges the way you think. Yeah, I, I, would, wonder, I, I would wonder what is new, what's truly new, because if you're looking at, I don't know, investing now and you see a lot of thematic funds now are on the market and, and you look at thematics and what are you doing? You're not delegating the decision to the manager anymore. Whereas previously, if you think of Peter Lynch, who's famously of Fidelity, he had a flexible approach. He invested in small cap when he thought there was value in small cap. He invested in large cap when he thought there was value in large cap. And he invested in mid cap the same way. So when you... When you uh, take away that decision from the manager and okay maybe it's 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 not as simplistic as that but when you say that i'm not delegating to you that you think you see value in disruptive technology i'm going to invest in a in a, in a fund that's specifically targeted towards that you you're free to do that but again i would have to see what is the investment process in that fund to see if it is really adding value or if it's just a label onto something else 
Is there fears because we hear this constantly, you hear this even in traditional areas, there are a spate of fad funds. You do see, for example, for every robotics fund that has a success like Pictase did, where it had a massive run-up of assets very quickly, there's suddenly the me-toos, the funds that are coming out that don't have the edge that that fund like that might have, but they think it has the same cash Well, I have to say, I'm not, I'm not familiar with the, uh, I, I know of the Pictase fund, but I'm not familiar with the investment process involved. But I think it's, it's, uh, it's, it's very different to, 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 to say, Okay, you can say that robotics are going to be more prevalent in our society in the future. That's just a statement of fact. That's not an investment strategy. So if, if you've got to turn that into an investment strategy, that's the real challenge. And, and to have an edge that, that is going to give you alpha. And what I, I suppose what I'd be more skeptical of is um, if you're looking at, uh, say, an ETF that is doing that, and it's just a pure quant screen, and then the, the fund is saying, oh, we, we invest in this company because 30% of revenues come from X, and we have a cap, our, our minimum target of 30% of revenues coming from this sector. Uh, then you have to wonder, if it's just a pure quant screen, is that 30% of revenues growing or shrinking, or how is that part of the business? And, and to me, this is where it's very important to have the bottom up to be able to understand what those companies are doing. And I'm not familiar with the Pictet one, but I would hope that they, they have some edge that they would have. And it's not, not a fund just built for assets. It's built sure. for alpha. Because that's always the worry with, if you want to have a really big fund, then you have to make sacrifices, you know, and then, and then you're, you're, you're sacrificing the alpha. So is that the challenge then? Because as we are moving, and like we are at an event where we're showcasing a lot of different thematic ideas, and they all are broadly thematic, that people are doing it where they might be compromising on the specialism to gain assets, or they might be too niche and might never get the assets to actually run effectively, if you want to remember. I, I, I would worry about the, the very niche product or the single, uh, I, I, it's not single strategy, there, it, it's, it was a, just say there was a concentration on, on one idea. You don't get the diversification is my issue across, say you are um, talking about a fund that is focused on some particular sector that they think is going to be disruptive. Um, but if it's, if, it, if it's going to be disruptive, but the, the, the issue with that is that how can you get a diversification across different sectors if it's focused on one sector? So for me, on our asset allocation model, then it becomes a challenge where you put it into the asset allocation model. At this stage, myself and John were shunted into a side room as the event timetable kicked into gear. We pick back up with John Midflow about the role total return funds play in his fixed income allocations. If you want the same fixed income returns that you, you've been having for the last 10 years, for the next 10 years, the German Bund would have to be m minus 10% in 10 years' time. So you can see that there's a floor to, to what's going what, to, there's a floor to fixed income. So there is a definite need to be more innovative in, 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 in those strategies. And what I find though with the total return or absolute return strategies is that they might have the same headline name, but they're very, very different. And it requires a lot of due diligence to understand what the hell they're doing in there. And it requires a lot of work, which, which, which is unfortunate for me, but actually fortunate in a way that I'm actually learning a lot more about the potential of that as a, as a, as a, 
as an alternative solution to fixed income allocation, as we're saying, long only fixed income allocation. So it's, uh, it's interesting. Um, I, I really hope that they don't blow up or something like that in the next one. But it, it, it's, 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 it takes time to understand the strategies, to understand if they have, like, if their returns are based on a couple of big winners and a lot of kind of uh, 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 doozies kind of, uh, um, if you're looking like, like there's 20 guys implementing 25 strategies and, and, and their returns are dominated by two of those strategies, that's not a fund that I would want to be involved in particularly because you would have to wonder how much is luck and skill, you know, if 23 of their strategies weren't paying off and only two were. So I would prefer to have small incremental returns from a lot of different strategies, uh, giving you maybe, you know, the, the old school kind of fixed income return. I don't know, you know, it's not it's what was said at the conference in. Yeah. You don't go into fixed income to have a 10% return, you know? No. You think it's you four or five is, yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. So this is a... Uh, so is that how you're innovating then? So to bring it back around, sort of the, I know innovation gets thrown around a lot, but is that what you're doing in an innovative way? Uh, I think our model is probably differentiated in that way from other people I've spoken to because it's very much a large part of our core strategic allocation. It's not uh, some kind of satellite approach or some kind of tactical. It's the, the, the total return aspect is, is, is very much where we believe we should be in that area, in the fixed income space. A lot of other people in that area, is it? Looking at the broader selector story, is it, do you see a lot of people moving into that? Yeah, yeah, thing? yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, like in the last couple of years, uh, I, I, the more selectors that I would speak to, uh, definitely it's, it's the conversation that you'd have, is which total return. I've had a couple of, 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 of kind of, uh, uh, I've spoken to a couple of selectors who probably would have had some bad experience with total return products because, as you said, they, don't, they all might kind of look the same and if you're just looking at the, uh, the, the, the name of the fund, but they, they do stuff that's very, very different under the hood. So you really have to kind of look at the strategies and see who's implementing them as well. So uh, I think they're all very, very different. You know, there's not, nothing homogeneous about total return. So it's, uh, I think we're getting uh, chased about a bit towards no. the end. So thank you very yeah, much for no, no, taking yeah. the time. So there we have it. The classic call, do your homework, do the due diligence, and you'll find out what innovation actually is and what its drivers are. A big thank you to John Mallon for participating. If you have any feedback or want to counter his points, or even if you feel you make a good candidate to appear on the podcast, please drop me a line, Chris Slowly on cslowly at cty.co.uk. As always, thanks for listening. Make sure to subscribe wherever it is you get your podcasts and we will be back next month with more frontline stories from the world of fund selection. Thank you. Goodbye. Aberdeen Standard Investments, proud sponsors of CityWire Podcasts.